Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And indeed, welcome to the Sages Among Us. And as Claudio just mentioned, I am Keith Porter, the host tonight, and my guest is Tom Last. Tom is the Community Development Director for the City of Grass Valley. So, Tom, welcome to the hot seat on the Sages Among Us. How are you doing today? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. Well, it's going to be an interesting discussion to learn about uh, community development from an insider's perspective. But before we get into all of that, let me share a little bit more of your background with our audience so they know kind of who you are in a very broad sense. Um, you, okay. grew, you grew up in Broad, Brawley and Escondido down in the south of California. You're the oldest of five siblings. You got your bachelor's and master's degrees in rural and regional planning at CSU Chico. Uh, you've had professional positions at Lake Elsinore, Butte County, Sutter County, and the city of Grass Valley, where you've been for 19 years. Uh, your wife and Melinda and yourself, you have three kids, and you like a lot of outdoor activities. So you're in the right part of the world for all of that, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, certainly. Yeah, there's great opportunities here in this area. So tell us a bit about your childhood in Southern California. What kind of interests did you have? What was it like growing up there? Do, do you miss the desert aspect of the, that part of the world? Yeah, not so much the desert. So, I was, yeah, I was born in Brawley, which is a small farming town south of the Salton Sea. So I was in the middle of the Imperial, you know, Imperial Valley Desert area. And all I remember was the heat and very little rain, and so <laughs> didn't miss that too much. And then I, I was there till the first grade, and then went then oh, okay. moved to Escondido, where our family did. Yeah, back into the and urban then, area then, huh? Yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, even in, in Escondido, which was pretty small at the time, still it was. Um, we lived in more on the outskirts of town, kind of suburban area. So yeah, we just there were a lot of kids. It was kind of an, uh, a really great area to grow up. There were a lot of uh, kids in the neighborhood. There were in our age group of our families, and so we, you know, most of our activities back then were just, you know, riding bikes, sports, going on little hikes, um, hanging out, doing, you know, games together and swimming. And, you know, so it was a it was a really great area to grow up with this. Again, there was a large group of children our age in that, that entire neighborhood. So that so, sounds a lot like the suburbs memories. Yeah, the suburbia of an age uh, back uh, when America was a kind of a different uh, time, really, uh, than it is right oh, yeah. now. And you, you were the se- you were the senior member of this pack of five uh, five siblings, right? So were you the uh, the commander in chief of the whole operation? Yeah, I probably thought that at times. <laughs> how'd that, how'd that <laughs> work out take, for you? Uh, some more responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you have a little more responsibility, I think. And um, yeah, it was it, it turned out fine, though. I mean, you know, everybody had their sibling rivalries and. And issues, but overall, you know, we're we're a pretty close family still, so we do okay. still do activities together, and so yeah, it's been it was great. Well, you did confess to me at one point. You said you had to work hard in college to make up for messing around in junior high and senior high school. Um, what was that about? What did you get in any memorable trouble in in that process? No. Yeah, I mean, just a lot of little things. Um, I think you know, I think after when I went. Before junior high school, I think I was a very good child, good student. Um, I really enjoyed um, school. 
then once I got into junior high, I think you just, you know, gotten hooked up with different crowds and just um, really didn't take school seriously for those, you know, eight years or so, even maybe a little bit more beyond that, and just goofed around, hung out with friends, and yeah, it just it cost me later. <laughs> Very hard in college to catch up on some of the basics even again. But, yeah, it was, you know, yeah. What 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 did your parents think about all of that? Well, uh, you know, they, you know, it was kind of di- different back then. I mean, our parents didn't really push hard for school that hard. I mean, they were they got divorced right around that time, too, when I was going to junior high school. So I think there was... Other issues, so you know, their involvement with um, our school and you know, you know how we were doing in school was not you know as like you know how I've worked and my wife has worked with our kids, but um, yeah, yeah, I think that was that probably had a lot to do with well, the issues too going in back then. Probably a bit of family trauma at that point, which may have had some. Oh yeah. Well, so you yep. you started community college though you you did you did make that leap in um, in San Marcos and then you transferred to Chico yeah. State. Uh, why the move north? Well, I am I you know I was kind of yeah after two years of college I did I was play I played uh, college football like two years of um, junior college there and I I really didn't know where I was going in life I was just um, and then the Chico State football coach you know called me and a couple other players from that school to go up for rec- you know a trip to visit right. for a recruiting trip. And I've never been that, you know, I was never that part of the part of the uh, state. And I just fell in love with the area. I mean, the Chico, the campus, the, um, the trees, the people. Um, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go to school up here. And uh, so I transferred up there and, um, did, did you, you know, all, yeah. So. Did you play football for Chico as well? No, no, not that point. My, my, I, I, didn't, I just, I lost, I kind of lost interest in it, and my knees were kind of banged up. I just felt like, okay, it's time to focus on school now. So, oh, I mean, it started about halfway through junior, through junior college. But I think, um, yeah, when I went to Chico State, even though it was a the number one party school at the time and a lot of chaos going on there, I, I really focused on, you know, buckling down with my academics, and it, it, you know, turned out great. So. Got got serious and got a good education, and we all have to pay attention to you as you uh, guide us in community development in our community, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So you you got your degree in rural and regional planning. So tell us what that encompasses exactly, and and why why you chose that field. Yeah, I mean, when I first, uh, yeah, when I so when I went first went up to Chico State, I really didn't know. I mean, when, on my recruiting trip before I decided what major to go into, um, I really I was in had a construction background, so I was interested in development and you know how projects proceeded through a process of going from you know paper to being built and and constructed, and so I, I had a, lo- a level of interest there with that and. I just looked through the curriculums through that. There was construction management and a couple other majors I was looking through. And I looked at this field of planning, which I didn't know anything about at the time. I said, this sounds really intriguing and interesting to me. And I um, did a little more research into it. And I said, you know what? I think I want to get a degree in this field. <laughs> and uh, is, so, have you, has it maintained an interest for you like it did at that time? Was it, was it the right decision, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, I think I was, you know, I yeah, I I believe it was I was uh kind of yeah, I was it, it was definitely the right direction to go. Okay. Right. That's good. That's good to be able to say. A lot of folks, you know, are stumbling around at that point in their lives trying to figure things out. So, yep. it sounds like you got on the right track. 
Um, and then yeah. you got your degree. Uh, you uh, your first job took you back south to Lake Elsinore. Um, wh- yeah. What what involved what was involved in getting the position and uh, moving back south? Um, yeah, I mean, I would going down south, and the jobs were down there more. When you know, I I, do, I really after living up in Northern California for a couple you know two and a half years there, I really enjoyed the area. So, but I knew you know more there was more job opportunities down south. So I applied for jobs in the Sacramento area and then down south, and actually, and even in the private sector, um, I was looking at you know do I go into you know go work for a consultant potentially you know on a with a planning firm and a development firm, or is it something go for government jobs and. Um, yeah, so I applied for several jobs in Southern California, and I did get that one in Lake Elsinore. That was my first job, and very busy and rapidly growing community, so it was a great learning experience. I mean, it was right, you know, the western Riverside County at the time was just booming with, you know, large development projects, master plan communities, you know, mixed-use developments. So I had a great, it was a great introduction into the field of planning where, you can um, just getting exposed to a wide variety of types of projects that were going on at the time. Even so, working on a mine project back then. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Deja vu. Gravel, but yeah, that, yeah, that was one of my first projects. Even dealing with you know, so planning departments deal with you know mining applications. We process those for the community, and yeah, that was so that was my a, my first exposure to that type of a project, but. So you, you took the fork in the road at that point towards the public sector as opposed to private consulting yeah. business and so forth and um, and have stayed that way, right? Your, your career has yeah. been in the public sector. And has that been a, a good decision from your perspective? Has that worked well for you? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you look back wondering if, you know, if you'd have taken that different route where you would be. But um, I've enjoyed working with the public um, and, you know, my – you know, my kind of my philosophy towards this whole field and planning is you're, you know, I'm here, I mean, you're there trying to help people, guide them through this difficult process that people have to go through to, to develop property or to obtain approval of a project, and you're there to help guide them through that. And I enjoy that part of it, of helping people, and um, yeah. Oh, great. Well, I'm Keith Porter, and my guest today is Tom Last. He's the Community Development Director for the City of Grass Valley, and he's telling us that his job consists primarily uh, or focused on uh, helping people through the difficult processes. But I'm going to guess that sometimes people see uh, those processes and maybe even uh, look at you as part of the impediment to getting something done they want to get done. So how how do you deal with the things that come up negative, or or do they? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I... you know, you know, from my perspective, being in the field and just being in, in government for so long, both working for cities and counties, I, and the planning department is, is definitely one of the most regularly and controversial departments to work for because you have, you know, people, private property owners, developers who are who are trying to do something with the property they own, and then you have you may have environmental groups who are opposed to certain activities. You have um, special interest groups that have interests that are involved and, and engaged and, and get very um, passionate and emotional. You have neighborhood groups sometimes when you have projects moving into certain neighborhoods. So, and then you have the politics, the political side of it. You have, you know, politicians who, um, you know, they, they get pressured from those different interest groups. And so that has, I mean, it is a very um, high, it's a very intense job in, turn, in that, that end because you do have a lot of different elements and different Folks come in, you know, you just, you know, you're rarely making a lot of people happy. You always have, there's certain people who are always 
um, dissatisfied with processes and decisions when you're dealing with the planning field. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, it sounds like you're 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 very much of this in the center ring of a. Of a, of a lot of activities and trying to balance a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different wishes. And it's uh, it's got to be a real uh, a, a difficult position to be in a lot of times, I'm going to guess. Um, but, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, there are a lot of pressures on that. So we've jumped ahead a little bit to the to the job, but I wanted to go back and talk a little bit about how you got here to Grass Valley. You, you, you came back from Lake Elsinore. You took a, a position in Chico with Butte County. And at that time, then you were yeah. able to get your master's in the same field. Um, did yeah. you did you find those studies directly applied to your professional role that you took on, or was it just kind of a of an obstacle to get through in order to have the kind of position that you wanted? Is it was it really relevant to your work? Is what I guess I'm asking. Yeah, yeah I mean, some of it was, I, and in some ways, I, I mean, I was an asset to many of the other students because I had several years of practical experience at the time. So I was able. I mean, it was nice being. Um, being a resource and be able to help other students out and guide them through certain processes and talk about the practical end, not only the philosophical end of how you plan for communities and help communities develop and how you uh, how how you address environmental issues and you balance all that to come up with you know and how and how you you know guide the community you know yeah, and, and the, try to give them the information they need to make the decisions and the, the the real world end, yeah it was it, it was helpful yeah, the real world perspective i'll bet uh, so th- you then had a gig in Sutter County for a bit and then you moved to Grass Valley in 03 2003 so what brought you to Grass Valley how did that take place uh, um i think a couple things just the uh, new opportunities and new challenges um i've always looked for new for new activities like that i've always enjoyed the foothill region you know driving through and stopping in Grass Valley in Nevada City you know periodically you know, going, you know, you know, hanging out in that area periodically. I just uh, always enjoyed the foothills. Also, I, I really wanted to get go and work for a city again, a small city. Um, I really enjoyed that. The relationships you create, the friendships. Um, it's a unique being in a, a county. It gets becomes it gets to be another layer of bureaucracy. You're a little more isolated. You don't have that. It's, it's almost like a um, how I you know how how I look at Grass Valley even now. It's you have those almost family relationships you create by having a smaller town, smaller staff. Um, you know, you're you're in the you're in the um, you know grind together. And you really and, get to know people, I would think, um, in the city. Yeah. Certainly, certainly the people that are involved, yeah. developers and so forth, but also you know the people that are lobbying for the environmental issues you're talking about and the community issues you're talking about, and you probably get to know all of them. So. Yeah. So 19 years in Grass Valley sounds like a good fit. You've uh, it's it's yeah. worked out well, huh? So yeah. yeah, I've enjoyed it. Great. So Tom, um, like a lot of folks, I spent part of my growing up years in this community way back when, and um, I saw firsthand kind of the um, the environment at the time, the the destructive land use that are, had resulted from the mining era, a lot of inadequate buildings that were inherited from that era as well. Um, when, when did uh, planning and sophisticated community development practices, when did that start to apply in our uh, community? When, when did that come about? Yeah, that really started in, you know, when through state, you know, the state legislature, I'm not going to get into too much history, but basically the state legislature and then in the, in the 1960s, that's really when building codes started to go into effect and were being required by the state for, you know, cities in California and counties. And also 
that's when some of the planning laws were being um, required to be put in place. So communities had to start adopting general plans, which are your, that's kind of the guiding document that I work under. Um, a general plan guides the um, future of the community. It's a, it's a long-term plan to say, okay, this is where we want to see certain activities, certain land uses. This is where we want to protect. We want to protect areas. We want to create places for open space. We want to, um, you know, broader concepts of how a community will look in 20 years. So it's really in the 60s when when all that went into effect. And then zoning codes were put into place in the early 60s also. So that's that's really when all the rules and regulations started um, in, in community planning and formal, well, and more formal planning process was required to be, um, start to be addressed in, in, in California in general. It was the 60s. Yeah, that, that, that actually explains it for me, because as a kid, I can remember nothing like that happening, and uh, I went away and uh, went off and got my education and worked elsewhere, and then came back and retired in the community and said, boy, this is different. <laughs> There's a whole lot of uh, control over the way things happen here than that didn't used to be there. So th- I'm guessing there's still, or is there still, um, the kind of folks that really push back to the rules and regulations and procedures and say they own the land and they ought to damn well be able to do what they want to with it? Does that still exist? I mean, I think there's a little bit of it. You find it more in, in the more the more rural areas, but not so much in a city. I think people understand that more. Um, I think the biggest frustrations that a lot of people face is just the... The, the you know the state rules and regulations and the and the legislation that makes it so difficult to operate in California. Whether you want to start a business, um, you know, start, you want to start and open a new business, a new store, a new restaurant, or you want to build something from the ground up. That's what people get really frustrated with. Is that you know they understand that you have to go through processes now. I think most folks understand that, and it's just that that the bureaucratic soup that they have to go through and it makes it that that really was was frustrates most of the people that i come across on a regular basis do do you find that uh, keeping um you know your yourself um as kind of an intermediary help, helping people you said earlier that that is kind of what you saw as your job helping people through that is that does that help get people past that kind of um feeling and and, and able to work with um with the procedures the way they are yeah, I think, but it has to be a it has to be a you know a, a, a community wide philosophy or not, I want to say community wide the city itself you know we're there to provide you know planning in general it, it, we're, we operate under rules and regulations where it says okay if you if you have a piece of property this is what you can and can't do with it and so we once that those rules are put in place is my it's, it, that's my job is you know we can help put those rules and we help give the councils and decision makers. Um, different options to say, okay, this is how you can address certain issues in our community. But when it comes, at some point, they develop policies, they develop standards, they develop regulations for people to follow when they want to develop their property. So, so that, that my philosophy is, okay, the rules are in place, and so at this point, now that these, this is what people have to follow. It's our job, and then my philosophy and my department's philosophy is, we're here to help guide those people through this process and help them ease the pain, try to help help ease the pain of the process they have to go through. We're here to help facilitate and help guide them. Um, 
if they're if they're if they're complying with all the rules and regulations, we are there to help them through the process at that point. So I, I find that satisfac you know very satisfying when I'm able, when I'm able to do that and see that on you know and you get you know you'll get every once in a while you get a you know recognition of that you're doing you know something good for the community. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, and and you should be. I I can just imagine it's a, it can be a very difficult position at times. I'm Keith Porter on The Sages Among Us, and my guest today is Tom Last. He's the Community Development Director for the City of Grass Valley. Um, so, Tom, what's an example of one of the most, more significant things that you've been able to accomplish in your role here? What What would you point to as a as a really good outcome of something? Well, I think I mean uh, to me, it's been one that's been a long term project that. Um, it's it's actually going through the process right now. Is so in, in the southern part of the city limits, where you know have Hanson Brothers, Rare Earth, and all that land where the county courtyard is now, that's all in the county right now. And back that used to be designated as a large um, mixed use development, the Bear River Mill project site. Um, once the recession hit, that project kind of fell apart. And um, well, to me, one of the most things I've been proud of so far, and hopefully this will, you know, come to fruition over the next few weeks, but um, is that you know started li- you know listening to the public, listening to some of the um, when when the Great Recession hit, we were trying to figure out what do we do with this property. I mean, do, and, and I and I start you know I really pushed hard with the politi- you know the, the city council, the planning commission to say let's do some master planning out there. We have a, a desperate need for our community and our region for additional industrial land. We have a lot of pressure. There's a lot of industri- we have a lot of small entrepreneurs and small industrial businesses in our community that are wanting to grow and wanting to and they don't have a place to go. There's very little industrial land. The land up at the airport has restrictions because there's no sewer up there. Yeah. So we need to start we need to come up with a plan and designate some additional land. And so that that project where it involved the, the property owners, the community, the um, some of the business owners involved the county, and just having that working relationship, being able to guide that through the process. And it started in 2011, and here we are, you know, 11 years later, and we're hoping to annex this entire property now. But basically, we replanned that. We redesignated land uses and zoning in that whole part of the southern part of the city limits to try to address some of the needs of the community, also to create large areas of open space and trail systems. And so those are pretty, that was a, that was, to me, that was a very satisfactory job. And right now that's going to the local agency formation commission for potential annexation actually tomorrow. Oh, so, all right. Um, well, so good, that goes well and good luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah. sounds it sounds like the right thing. Yeah, just as a matter of a little bit of history, when we first moved here, when I was a little child, my dad actually his first job was in the mill there, the Bear, uh, okay. Bear, Bear River Mill. Actually, it was Mill Creek, I think, but the, a mill on that site. So that's, I'm very familiar with it. Um, hey, Tom, um, thanks very much for that perspective on the work and, and how you do it and what you care about. A couple more personal questions, if I might. Um, for you personally, were, what motivated you to follow a career of community service? Was that your parents in some way or other people that, that uh, pushed you in that direction or influenced you that way? What was that? You know, I, I, I'm not really. I think um, it just turned out that way. I, I didn't really have... Um, Boy, yeah, I didn't really have a super interest in, I want to go work for the government and go serve people and, and help, you know, make communities better, hopefully. I mean, that's that's the goal of trying to make the place better than when you leave. But 
I think it just fell onto my lap that way. And, and I was just everywhere I've worked, I've been blessed with these opportunities to work on some just wonderful projects and, um, I, you know, working on a lot of different projects and general plans and, and just, um, yeah, it just, I think it just kind of fell in my lap, <laughs> frankly. Well, and, and you may have kind of answered this in terms of talking about how good it feels for you to be helping people with the process, but um, is, there, is there a personal reward for you that makes it worthwhile to, to take the flack and, and, and do the hard work? Uh, is it something that really um, that means a lot to you personally? Yeah, I think, I think seeing people, you know, again, this, this complex process people have to go through and um, being able to help guide them, you know, from going from a piece of paper to say this is what they're thinking about doing and having them go through this design process and come up with plans and helping them, you know, trying to make it a little bit better to help it fit the community, help it make, make sure if this goes through, it's going to be a benefit for the community. It's going to not going to be an, an impact on the environment. We're going to address the issues that need to be addressed. And then at the end of the day, seeing that, you know, then – you know, a year or so later, seeing that project built and occupied and thriving, to me, that's one of that's um, you know, when that happens, that's that's definitely very very fulfilling. Right. What makes it all worthwhile to me. Well, staying with the personal theme for a minute, is there an accomplishment or a role in your life that you are personally especially pleased with or, or proud of? I, I mean, well, I, I got to say, I'm probably raised, raising, we've gotten, you know, three wonderful children, you know, 20-year-old, you know, they're in their 20s, thrilled children that have been really good citizens um, for our community. They're known and, and respected in this area. They've, and um, to me, that's, that's, that's a really blessing, having my, you know, my, my children also be um, known and respected in our community. Excellent. Well, the converse question, I suppose, anything you'd care to share about your life in retrospect you'd do differently if you could do it all over again? Oh, clearly it'd be school. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be a serious, a more yeah. serious student in um, junior high and high school and not, you know, just getting all the little shenanigans you would get into the, or that I got into during those times. And, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. that would be my one thing. I think <laughs> looking back in my life thinking, oh, man, I wish I'd have been a little better student. I would have been better off earlier on in my career, and you know, even now, who knows? But well, so, it all you know, I think it all works out in the long run. So yeah, it sounds like the life experience hasn't been too hard on you in the in the, in the process. Um, in our last couple of minutes, uh, let's talk about our community a bit more broadly. There's uh, you know a lot of assets in this community uh, that I think are. People who are professionals, activists, artists, they choose to live here instead of somewhere else where they might make more money or, or be part of a larger organization or, or setting. Uh, I think that absolutely includes you. Why do you think this community attracts and holds people like that? And is there anything else we could do to continue to protect that kind of asset in the community? What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's really a unique it's, a, it's such a wonderful community. I think, again, with all there's volunteer groups, there's people who really, really care about the community, and a majority of them. I and mean, there, there are different, you know, again, there are fringe groups on both sides on, in terms of, but I think the core majority of folks in our community and the citizens, they really, really like to participate in the community. They love the community. They... They cherish a community, and they, 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 you know, they put their money and their, um, their time where their, where their mouth is. There's a lot of people who really, really do that. They don't just, 
you know, squawk from the sidelines. They actually, you know, get their hands dirty, and it's really unique. I really, that's one thing I really, really love about this community. It's um, so many people, you know. Well, I, I happen to agree with you. Be successful. It's not, it's, yeah. not, it's not just a small group. It's a, it's a, it's a really a bulk of the citizens that, that really, you know. Yeah. Well, I happen to agree with you, and, uh, you know, we've been doing this show, This Age is Among Us, for, gosh, uh, nine years now, and we don't run out of interesting people to talk to who are doing wonderful things in the community and uh, going over and above in a lot of cases. So um, I, I agree with you on that. Um, last question. If a genie in a bottle granted you one wish to, commu- to improve our community, what would that be? One wish. Gosh, you know... <laughs> Tough question. I, somehow we could address uh, somehow we could dr- address the drug culture and and how and to create more opportunities for our youth and I just see that crushing how that crushes families and it and it and it not only impacts the children it impacts the parents the grandparents the school systems the you know I just see that's just I, I that's so devastating for our community when you see that happen and I've seen. You know, we live right near a school, and I've seen that since, you know, our kids went to school to now and how different just some of the children and other activities are. That's a big thing, I think. I, somehow, if we could address that issue, that would be, that, right. that would help our well, community tremendously. Yeah, as the father of three that have made it through um, to adulthood, um, yes, I agree with you. I think that's a that's a great point. Well, I'm Keith Porter, and my guest today has been Tom Last. He's the Community Development Director for the City of Grass Valley. So thank you so much, Tom, for sharing a bit of the story of your life and your work with us. I think it's a very interesting thing that a lot of folks in the community, myself included, don't know that much about how all of that development process works. So we appreciate your very much uh, uh, giving us a little insight.